You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 84 of the Team Stripes Podcast, proudly presented by Acme Whistles, helping you make the big call since 1870. The legendary Acme Thunderer is now available in matte black. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ross. Ross, how are you today? What is up, buddy? Uh, you know, I'm living the dream. Just got back into town. <laughs> I was in Amarillo this weekend. Nice. So back in town, living the dream. Awesome. Getting ready Good to, to head back out. Kind of kind of the same here. Um, I've had a very busy week since the last time we talked. I've reffed a ton of hockey. Uh, been doing a ton of USPHL games. I'm pretty much working one to two games a day. I think total last weekend or last week. Oh man, I did at least ten, at least ten games. Oh, yeah, I know it's 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 been super rough, um, but making money, so I'm not complaining. Exactly. Uh, I actually had the bands on for a couple of games this week. Uh, so that was fun. I did make one uh, mistake that uh, we turned into a learning experience, um, which obviously, I mean, at 19 years of doing this, I'm still learning because, I, I mean, we all screw shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's where I'll start really with the podcast. Um, so I was reffing the... Uh, New Hampshire Monarchs and the um, Pal Islanders. It was a premier game, so the Middle League. Um, if those of you who are not familiar with the USPHL, um, we have the elites, which are generally the younger kids um, or the not as skilled. The premiers are normal like tier three junior players. They've, they have some age outs. They have kind of, you know, the middle-aged, like the 17, 18, 19-year-olds. Um, it's good hockey. And then obviously there, and then there's the NCDC, which is their Tier 2 league. Um, that the reason – well, if anyone knows the politics behind it, uh, the USPHL wanted the, and to make a Tier 2 tuition-free league not really to compete with the NCDC, but or the the North American Hockey League, but uh, just as another option and be more of a system focused on putting kids into college instead of you know pro hockey. Mm-hmm. And USA Hockey said no, so they went off and did their own thing, and that's what you know created the NCDC. We used the NCAA rulebook. So in my game, I have a situation where. Uh, this one player is being a pain in the butt. So he's already gotten a couple of minor penalties. And in the second period with about five minutes left, actually about uh, 5.01 left in the period was when I blew the whistle. So I got my arm up for a delayed call on a charge on this player who was being a moron. And then another kid comes in and dummies him into the boards, which – one thing, like if you if you charge a guy or hit a guy the wrong way, like you got to be ready to answer the bell for that. So whatever. So I got a minor charge, minor rough, no big deal. Well, then a third player, so a second player from the um, the team in the defensive zone, uh, comes in and knees the kid in the face that's on the ice. Oh. 
So I'm like, okay, well, I got two for roughing, two for boarding, and he's got a major DQ for kneeing. Yep. Done. I'm not, I'm not playing. We're not doing this bull crap. I gotta set I gotta send this as a message. And he didn't knee him very hard, but it was just the fact that he was out of there, came over, kneed him in the head for no damn reason. So we get him to the box. I get all three guys in the box. I'm reporting the penalty. I'm like, okay, this guy's got two for this guy's got two for uh, charging. This guy's got two for roughing, and he's got a DQ. And then my partner, one of the linesmen, comes over, who is a gentleman who I've known for a very long time. He's actually been on the podcast um, back before me and you took it over long, a while back. So he comes over. He's like, "Hey, he called him a um, uh, he called him a faggot." Oh. I'm going to, I'm just going yeah, no, you know, to, I'm going to put the language out there. It is, you know, so he called him a faggot and I was like, oh, okay. So I'm just going to DQ him for that instead of the knee. So I'm like, okay, I got a DQ for a slur and my part. And he's like, and my partner was like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's just, it's a game. I'm like, like, no, it's, it's, a, it's gotta be a DQ. It's a, it's a time penalty. Like you can't call a guy that and just leave without, without it being on the board for five. So I explained to the coach what's going on. I told him I was like, look, I got a I got a DQ knee when he's on the ice. Then he called him a faggot. So I'm not gonna double fuck you. I'm just gonna put the five on the board. He's gone, and that's the end of it. Well then after the game, we look it up, and the slur in the NCAA rulebook is a game, not a DQ. So that that Friday night, um, my partner drank on me because <laughs> he bet me my game fee that he was right and I was wrong. So um, at that point, I should have I should have known what was up. <laughs> but then I ended up having a conversation with um, our boss, and I basically explained to him my thought process of okay, so I got my arm up, I got the major DQ for the knee, no big deal. Go to the box. Partner tells me what slur he uses. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I'm just going to DQ him for that. Because obviously, like USA, youth and junior, um, you know, it comes with the match. So it's the major, mm-hmm. this and that, like, whatever. So I explained him my thought process. And I told him, you know, I didn't want to double fuck him because I wasn't, I was sure, but I wasn't like 100% sure to where I'd put two majors on the board. Not going to do that. No. And to like, I'm more of an artist when it comes to refing. So like, even if, I could have assessed two majors. I wouldn't do that um, unless I really had to. So anywho, and then, so we have our discussion and he's like, Hey, you know what you should have done? Five DQ for the knee uh, game misconduct for the slur and move about, you know, move about the game, which that's what they did. They added it supplemental, no big deal. And then he tells me, well, next season, we're probably going to have it as a DQ for us not necessarily in the NCAA book, but a supplemental rule. So no big deal. It is what it is. Um, my partner got to drink for free that night. And I learned that in the NCAA rule book, uh, a slur is not a timed penalty. It is just a game misconduct. Like um, spitting on a guy is in the junior book. It's gross because it's gross. and But it's not a timed penalty, which makes no damn sense. So oddly enough, in a... Uh my game yesterday up in Amarillo, we had an incident where the goaltender decided to call one of the linesmen um, to the referee's face, a homo. Nice. And so we're standing Bye-bye. there. 
Yeah, so it was it was funny. I was the high guy, and the ref and the goalie were talking. And then the the ref blows his whistle, and just skates to the box. He skates right by me, and I look at him. Was what's up? And he's like, "What just uh, happened?" Yeah, like I'm like I'm like, "What's up?" And he's like, "Tendy's got a match. He's going home." And like I like I was like, "Oh, it, I'm was sorry, this a null? It was a null game, right?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm like, I'm I'm sorry. What? And so I skate I skate to the box with him, and I was like like what and he's like yeah he called he called the other line a homo and he's like he's going home and i was like okay cool so i i skated down to the goalie and i was like hey like you're you're going home and you got you gotta leave bud and this is the second period in a i believe it was like a 2-1 hockey game at this point okay so uh everything gets sorted out thankfully i mean there was no issues kid got off the ice eventually And the other, and I'm goalie, sure the coach was thrilled at his player, not necessarily like, and these are the situations where too, like coach, Hey, this is what he said. Yeah. Like, I, sorry. Um, but yeah, <laughs> sorry no, about was, your luck. <laughs> it, it was funny though. Cause the other goalie comes in and the other goalie, just a really cool guy. I go up to him after he makes his first save. And I was like, I was like, Oh, how are you today? As I asked every goaltender when I first see him and he's like, well, I'm cold and we have to kill off a major penalty. And here I am standing in the net. I don't want to be here. It's a Sunday. And I just started dying laughing. And I was like, dude, like, I feel so bad for you. The kids stood on his head though. Uh, but oddly enough that we had the same situation. Just that's funny. Little different words. So, yeah. So, well, also different rule books. Yes. Ours was the a US, match. Yeah. The USA junior book. It's easy. It's a match yep. penalty. My. Yeah. It Whereas was, we play wild. with the NCAA rule book and the USPHL. So in my head, I'm just going to give the harsher penalty. I'd rather give the kid the DQ for the slur because he's going to get more games for that. Exactly. Than, than tapping the guy in the head with his knee. He got three games total, one for the knee and two for the slur. But my thought process there, uh, mind you, at this point, this is my second game of the day. I did an 8 a.m. and this one started at 10:30. But the night prior, I didn't I did a junior game at like noon, came home, took a little nap, and then had 9:45 and 11 men's league. So on I'm on four hours, five hours of sleep now. You're nice doing and sharp. my fifth game. <laughs> well, really, if you time-wise, it'd be my fourth because two men's league games is about the same amount of time as one junior game. Yeah. Give or take so that. That's what I would, I would call it my fourth game in less than 12 hours. Yeah. That's, that's never fun. So, but... you know, obviously it's just, it's, it's the mental thing and we got to stay sharp. Got to know the rules, trust your partners. Um, so I just wanted to share that little experience to start the podcast. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of teaching moments, uh, there's two really good ones that I saw this weekend in the NHL of all places. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them taking place in the Stars versus Hurricanes game on Sunday. There was two penalties. One of them, I agree, is a penalty. One of them shouldn't have even been called in the first place. Look, it's a game of angles. We see the super slow-mo replay. I have no issues with that. We're doing this more as a teaching experience to yes, um, other officials everyone keep in mind we are not here to criticize anyone whether they work a three-letter league a four-letter league a five-letter league 
or men's league. <laughs> you could work. You could work leagues with numbers in them. I'm still jealous. <laughs> so the first call that I saw that I disagreed with completely was it was a goaltender interference on Carolina. It was Andrei Shafestnikov was driving to the net. He took the inside lane, and the Dallas player kind of gave him one of those weird like bear hug. I'm gonna ride you into the net mm-hmm. type of things. Carolina player obviously made contact with, I believe it was Kadobin in net. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Uh, our ref's arm goes straight up, goaltender interference. My issue is, is Shafestikov had nowhere to go because you can see he's cutting into the front of the net, but his yeah. original lane was going to take him to the top of the crease as anybody cutting to the net there was. Um to me, it, it was more so the Dallas player took him into the crease and into the path of the goalie. It's one of those ones where I don't I don't have a penalty at all. Um, I think it's it's obviously a tough situation because obviously, yeah, you have a goaltender getting hit. Nobody wants a goaltender getting hit. I just don't think it was worth the goaltender interference because Shervestikov had nowhere to go. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. Like, um, I wish we could show the video. Um, actually we probably in the future, I think for the video side of the podcast, we're going to work on being able to show the videos. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, it's just one of those plays where he's at an angle. He's got his established lane and angle going to the net and the defenseman kind of forces him to keep that angle, which in turn has him running in the goaltender. Um, they call a goaltender interference there. I get it for game management purposes you're always safer calling that goalie interference than not if it's even kind of there. But in this case, it was one of those, you could have gotten away not calling it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. And then for the replays, if you did want to go watch them yourself, if you guys are on Twitter, there's a guy with the uh, tag name of here's your replay, literally has every replay in the NHL you could possibly want, plus like any hockey. So. Go we watch. Need to start, I guess you need to start retweeting those. Yeah. The, the referee related ones. I, I definitely will. Um, but I mean, yeah, like on, on those ones, go watch those. If we talk about them here, you'll most likely find them there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, it was a hold in overtime. It was Carolina was going on the penalty kill. Uh, Dallas player cutting in front of the net. Carolina defenseman got beat, two hands on a stick. To me, he slashes him. Uh, The ref comes away with a hold. The only thing that I can back the ref on is the Carolina player is now standing behind the Dallas player. And from the ref's angle, he loses that second hand. So it kind of makes sense the ref might go, oh, he wrapped him up. I think it was more so of a slash than anything Mm -hmm. um dallas player kind of lost the scoring chance kind of didn't i didn't think there was going to be much of a scoring chance there anyway yeah but that's another one of those tough calls kind of a weird play yeah i and and i think if it's labeled a slash you can kind of say okay like sure because he's driving to the net and he puts a stick kind of close to the gloves which in the national league is going to be a slash every time Mm-hmm. But that's all I have for, I guess, the teaching moments from that game. Um, well, then let's uh, move into the uh, Kevin Fiala 
boarding yes. suspension. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So we got the video up. And so the play's going in the corner, Puck's in the corner, and Fiala just freaking buries him. So we have the play here, and this this is the video from the Department of Player Safety. Uh, Fiala's uh, following the Kings player into the corner. He's like five feet from the boards, and then Fiala just drives him from behind into the boards. Major game. The guy is defenseless. No questions asked. Uh, easy call by the referees to uh, to assess. And then obviously he's getting suspended. Three games. See you later, bud. Thanks for coming. Don't do that again. Now, really quick, I do want to say, based off Fiala's reaction, I don't think he expected that to happen. Yeah. Um. Plus, watching the play, how that puck stopped when it got dumped in like that, mm-hmm. it caused, I believe the defenseman on there was Matt Roy. Um, it caused him to hammer on the brakes. Fiala was kind of already, like, he was starting the contact as uh, Roy stops on his brakes. I'm not saying Roy put himself in a bad spot by any means. He was stopping to play the puck. I just think Fiala didn't react to the puck stopping and literally bouncing backwards like that. Um, Yeah. Well, and we got to remember too, in pro hockey, the onus is on the player to delivering the hit. Correct. hundred percent. Now, obviously there is some in pro hockey where there are going to be some instances where the player receiving the hit could be at fault for something. But on this particular play, like to, to quote Mike Lego, you can't do that. Yeah, it was. It's it's definitely one of those ones where look, five game all day long, suspend them all day long. Mm-hmm. I I don't disagree at all. It if that puck continued, I would say it's normal path where it just hits the ice and starts rimming around the boards. Yep, I don't even see that being a penalty at all because there wouldn't be any contact uh, to had. It looked like Roy hammered on his brakes. Fiala went, oh no, mm-hmm. and pushed him and thankfully for Roy I think he got up and was okay so yeah. that's that's a, that's a, at least a good thing but definitely a, a, a three game suspension boarding I mean no doubt in my mind there I mean yeah. if that was one of our games you know even juniors youth I mean five game all day long yep. yeah oh, one more move. hit I wanted to talk about was okay. uh, Dubay's hit it was against Montreal. I believe it would have been Saturday night. Dubé coming around the net, hit an unsuspecting Montreal player straight into the head. No questions asked. I had a five-game head contact. There was no penalty on the play. I believe they didn't even review it. Like, nobody reviewed it because there was no penalty. Um, I just – it's one of those ones where, again, if you go watch it, to me it's a five-game at minimum. Guy didn't have the puck. He was in a vulnerable position. Dubé made the hit. Yeah, It's a five game. Um, I think that could have been one where none of the guys on the ice saw it or just kind of the difference in the standard for um, the, uh, the five game that, you know, they might have compared to us. Yeah, I, I think the ref was on 
it would have been Montreal's backside. So he would have seen Dubé come and deliver the check. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he it looked like a different angle for him or what. I don't. I mean, oh look, we don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm not well, in the NHL. And, that, and that's and that's the also the thing. Like we don't have. Um, we don't. Ha- we don't get to see what they're seeing. So. Exactly. So that was just another hit that I saw this weekend that I was like, mm-hmm. oof, like. Even even as a flame fan, I was like, that should that should be a penalty, like yeah, a big one. But uh, speaking of speaking of lots of penalty calls, um, another thing kind of funny. Um, our uh, uh, the the gentleman who was gracious enough to donate us his sweater, which is hanging up behind me, um, TJ Luxmore. He was working the Lightning game on Saturday night. Or Friday night, and uh, was it Friday? I don't even know what day. It was either Friday or Saturday, whatever the thirtieth was. Um, so Saturday, and uh, I get a text message from one of my bed my buddies. He's like, "Hey, can you text TJ and tell him to stop calling penalties?" <laughs> he, and he goes, "This is getting ridiculous." I'm like, "I would, but they're not allowed to have their phones turned on while they're in the when while they're in the building." Yeah. He goes, TJ's out there being Oprah. You get a penalty (laughs) and you get a penalty and everyone gets a penalty. It was just, it was funny. So I I, uh, relayed the message to TJ. He thought it was hilarious. Um, Just, just the way my buddy called him Oprah. I think Uh, this weekend was just penalty filled because even in games that I like non NHL games, I mean, we had one kid down, uh, he was working NA three games this weekend and in three games, he called 414 penalty minutes. And you know what? The worst part is, is he couldn't. Like, all the penalties he called were like, yeah. yeah. We had a game. We had a USPHL game like that here. One of our – actually, one of the local guys, young kid, um, he refed. And um, he had, I think, 10 total DQs. Oh. Yeah. Better Rough. him than me. Yeah, right. At, what's at what's funny us. is is I don't I don't let that kind of stuff happen, whether I'm refing or lining. But you know, I mean, sometimes, sometimes, no matter what, it it's gonna happen, right? Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. Kids don't want to get with the program. Well, it's gonna yep. be a long night for everybody. Ain't that the truth? Um, One other big I, news, and this is the last piece I have coming from this okay. weekend was Tony D'Angelo clearing waivers, getting placed on waivers, and then clearing. Yeah, didn't you say he fought a teammate? Yes. Yeah, so it, it was kind of a surprise that he was put on waivers considering last season I think he was like top four in scoring for defensemen. So this season he's off to a little bit of a slow start, and then all of a sudden he gets put on waivers. He now clears waivers. And then it came out, it was either today or yesterday, that I believe after the pen, the loss to the Penguins in overtime, which he was a dash three in, um, he had a few words with the starting goaltender and they got into a altercation. Off the ice, Jesus. I don't know if it was in the tunnel. The report said it was outside of the locker room, so my guess somewhere in the tunnel. Um, how there's not a video of it, I don't really know. But if there was a video, it got deleted. Yeah. So this is one of those. I think it's a good lesson of 
we hear it all the time, you know, working juniors, working pros, that it's not the on-ice stuff that's going to get you fired or going to get you kicked out of the league. It's the stuff you do off the ice. And it's funny that you say that because the young official this weekend that had those 10 DQs, he's he's a really good, you know, he's a good official. He's had a few incidents that, you know, we, we were trying to teach him. And it's a perfect example of what you do off the ice affects your career. Mm-hmm. So being smart about things on and off the ice, you have to do it. Um, I was dumb enough to make a few bonehead comments back in the day. Now, this is way before Facebook existed. Um, we used to use message boards. And there was a, a hockey officiating message board that I was a part of. And I made some comments about um, the district that I belong to and how they don't really develop officials down here, which that has changed. Um, It is no longer the way it used to be. But I made some comments through my eyes and it put me in the doghouse for quite a while. Now, luckily, moving forward from that, I kept my mouth shut and worked my ass off and kind of took my own path and didn't really like I didn't really worry about them Mm -hmm. um I took it upon myself to further my development as an official whether that rather than you know wait around for you know someone to send me to one of the camps or whatever because I've never been to any of the USA hockey meeting camps um regional future all that stuff um I did it kind of outside on my own but it's one of those things like to remember as a young official do the right thing on and off the ice. You never know who's watching. You never know who's listening. You never know who's going to see that Facebook post you made. So be smart about it. Um, and obviously in this situation, we have a player off the ice getting in a fight with his teammate. Um, I ran into a player in the USPHL while they've been down here. This kid should be playing in the USHL in an all, but he has such a shitty attitude that he's playing premier. Mm-hmm. Like the kid's freaking good. By far one of the best, if not the best player in the premier level by a lot. He stands out. He's a lot better than everybody else. But the second you get into his head, like especially with the referees, like we call the high sticking on his teammate. He starts going ape shit about it because it was a double minor high stick because the kid got cut. And he starts going ape shit. We're like, it's a double minor high stick. Like he, he's leading. We call it no matter what. So he gets a 10. They score on the power play on the second half of the power play. The other team does. So his buddy comes out of the box and this kid just starts slamming the door. Jeez. So I'm like, all right, you need to go to the lock. You need to go to the locker. Well, I'm going to keep you in the game. And this is me as a line. We're going to keep you in the game. Uh, you need to go to the locker room. Go chill out. There's four minutes left of this period. You're due back next period, go locker room, chill out, come back for the third and, you know, play your game. What does he do? Gets off the ice and throws a temper tantrum, yelling at me and the referee and the other linesman telling us um, how great officials we are. You know, how good <laughs> he's just, he's telling us how good we are. And uh, so we're like, okay, well, there's your game misconduct now. And, and his coach, the best part was, you know, we tell his coach, like, hey, we just we're, he's not coming back. Coach is like, you should have kicked him out when he, when instead of giving him the 10, you should have given him the game misconduct. Yeah. Because the, the coach can't stand the kid. 
but here's a kid that's got all the talent in the world has a shitty attitude and he's stuck where he is. Yeah. And, and I, and I think, I mean, circling back to D'Angelo, I think that's kind of the situation he is now in is I don't think any NHL team wants to touch him. Um, and they might not. Yeah. And I mean, and considering last year he was top four in scoring for defensemen mm-hmm. to go from that to, Hey, your career's done. I mean, yeah, that's how, that's how quick. Shit. I wouldn't be surprised when he goes down the American League if he's just scratched all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's how that's how quickly it can go downhill. Um, moving on, I have uh, congratulations to Dan Kelly who made his NHL debut. However, not in the way he thought it would. <laughs> he is uh, hired as a referee, and due to some COVID-related stuff, he made his NHL debut as a linesman. So either way, congrats to Dan. Um, and we've also had referee Brandon Schrader. Um, I think he'd already previously worked NHL games, but he actually uh, also had to line a game this past week as well instead of um, them going three-man with two referees and one linesman. Mm-hmm. Sort of so congratulations to Dan. Hopefully your next game is as a referee, but if it's not, um, as scouting the refs put on their article about it, just remember to check your armbands before you put your arm up. <laughs> if you don't have them on, don't put your arm up. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be really tough, especially at that level to go from. I mean, well, I can I can tell you this in uh, in going back to TJ, he made his NHL playoff debut as a linesman. Yeah, because um, he was do he was here in Tampa. It was the Lightning and the Devils. And um, Steve Miller got sick. Um, they took him straight to the hospital. Um, and uh, Steve got sick. So TJ, who hadn't lined a game in like 15 years, gets called out there to work the lines. And I forget who the, the other linesman was that particular game. But TJ didn't drop a puck because he's a referee. And referees aren't very good at dropping pucks. That's why they made the linesman drop all of them now. Let's be honest. Like, we're the, we're the true heroes. Not not all heroes wear orange. Just saying. Um, anyway, so, yeah. So, he. It, it's just funny. Like, these guys, they got to be ready to do it. Um, now, TJ did kind of chirp me. He's like, it's not like your job's very hard. You just wave your arms around kind of thing. I agree. But still, like, you know, these guys got to be able to do both um at a moment's notice so again congrats dan best of luck to you hopefully the next time you're wearing the armbands then we have a rule thing here just a real quick uh so Braden hope he lost his skate blade yes um during a game with the canadians that is not a whistle it sucks but it is not the only time we're blowing the whistle for a goaltender is if their helmet pops out or, or maybe one, or their gloves pop off and there's potential for injury. Now, um, Stephen Walkham chimed in and said the referees will use common sense on stopping a play after a goaltender loses his skate blade. If the defending team gets possession and control of the puck, most likely they will kill the play but at no time will they disadvantage the opposing team. So 
if the attacking team has the puck, they're not going to shut her down. But if the defending team gets possession and control of the puck, the puck's in a corner and it's safe from a scoring opportunity, they probably will shut it down, just common sense thing. But they don't have to. I have no issue with that. Exactly. It's a common sense, but they don't have to. Because that's um, like uh, that's like when a uh, when a guy goes down in the corner, you know, he's he's hurt, but he's not dying, and the other yeah. team goes down on two on one. You don't blow the whistle until exactly they the yep. team down away gets the puck. Or an example would be like the net coming off. Mm-hmm. If the net comes off and the defensive team has the puck and they're progressing it up the ice, you might not blow the whistle. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully the goalie's smart enough and puts it back on. Yeah, I mean, obviously, USA Hockey Youth Rule or the USA Hockey Rulebook, you are supposed to blow it right away. However, comma, if you want to be a little bit more of an artist there, if the defensive team has the puck and has the opportunity to get it out of the zone and either the goaltender or you is, you know, are able to fix the net real quick, why bother blowing the whistle? But well, and, and especially in, in a two-man or a four-man because – I yes. don't know why, but for some reason here in Dallas, and I'm going to call out all of the Dallas rinks, the pegs suck. I don't, I don't know why. Oh, it's the same here in Florida. Our junior team here, they bought their own set of Viper pegs. Good. So we use those for the juniors. Yeah. But everything else, they just, we have the standard pins, and it's just like... It, they're, they're horrible. They come off all the I, time. I seriously have considered buying a set of Viper pegs just for my games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They they are the absolute worst here in Dallas for some reason. And goalie, you know, slides over to make a slay, save, net comes off. And there's so many times that the team is skating up ice, you know, after a quick breakout that I go and put the net back on because it's like, yo, I'm, I'm not – we're not going to blow the whistle every 10 seconds because the net came off. Exactly. But, yeah. I'm sorry, they're called um, – okay, so there's piranha pegs that have three prongs. Yeah, um, I've seen those ones. I've seen the three-pronged and the two-pronged ones. I like that the two-pronged ones I think are my favorite. The only issue I have with them is when the net does come off, like it's a struggle to put it back on and in place. Yeah. But, but yeah, I'm strongly considering buying um, – my own sets to uh okay the two prong ones are called anchor pegs there we go yeah i, I think cool. every rink should has them yep i agree oof it's 160 bucks for two so and three. that's why every rink doesn't yep exactly whereas <laughs> the other one well at minimum sharpen the damn things i don't disagree i don't disagree like that is my biggest pet peeve because every rink in dallas the pegs come off so easily, like and a then set of course of four of the zinc plated ones that are single peg, it's one hundred and sixty bucks for four. Yeah, and well, and the other problem too is when when you um when you put the pegs in the ice, what do you do? Uh, depends. Is it like the first game of the day? Doesn't matter. Like, do you jam the post down on it? Do if you there's set it on the ice, if there's a hole in? already there, which generally I, there is, generally there is, I'll put the peg down because in Dallas, again, there's always enough water 
to, yeah. to flood it a freezes f- it in place. Exactly. So I generally can put it down. I'll put the post on top of it and then, you know, maybe put the post down one or two times on it. Mm-hmm. If there's no hole at all, I will slam the peg into the ice until it is perfect. And then I'll put the net on it. Gotcha. But that's so, just me. I generally set the peg on the ice and then just put the net on it and skate away. Yeah. I don't jam it because here the ice is so soft that if you hammer it in, the ice just around it breaks and now you're fucked. Yeah. Now now it's like, oh, this net's coming off if you blow too hard. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah. Good times. We're sitting here talking about goal yeah. pegs. I'm Jesus. okay, but they're they they are like it's, the but hey, that's issue. a real it, it is a big issue and it is a relevant thing to us linesmen because we're always going to fix them. Well, not even that. It's as a as a referee, the amount of times that I've had a coach yell mm-hmm. for a delay a game on a goaltender making a normal save just trying yep. to slide across the net. And every time I go well, over to the coach and I say, dude, like you know, was just it deliberate? No, it's it. I've called it once and it was deliberate and it was yeah. like everybody in the building knew what he was trying to do. Yeah. But like every time goaltender goes to like slide across and all of a sudden, like there it is. Oh no. Net came off. And of course now one coach is screaming for delay a game because he did it deliberate. And it's just like, no, like these pegs just suck. Like, I'm, exactly. I'm sorry. Yep. Um, and late, like, well, and with the NCAA rule book, it's no change. Oh, that's oh. So if the goalie knocks the net off or the defensive team knocks the net off, yeah. sorry about your luck. You're yeah. stuck out here. Yeah, they're not allowed be. to change on goalie knocking the net off, uh, puck out of play in the D zone, and a hand pass in the D zone because they're not allowed to hand pass anyway. In the NCAA okay, yeah. book. I know, uh, I know in junior, it's the same minus the hand pass one. Because hand pass are so, so okay. Let's move on real quick. We need to talk about the American Hockey League since they get going in four days. Yep. Um, I'm not going to name the departing officials because there are a lot of them. However, I was surprised to see a couple of names on here, guys I know and I've worked with over the years. Um, so to you guys, if you are listening, um, congrats on getting to work the American Hockey League. Not many of us get to do that. Um, I'm not sure why you're not working this year. Maybe it's due to COVID reasons. A team buy-in might not be around or whatever. But if you don't go back to the American League, best of luck to you in the future, especially if you're just retiring from officiating. Um, the list of people added is real is pretty short. So we have referees, Kyle uh, Leakin or Lacoon, uh, Morgan McAfee, uh, Jordan Samuels Thomas, who's a hyphenated last name, and then Ryan Verbeek are your new American League referees. Our new linesman in the American League, uh, Maxime Berard, or I'm sorry, Bedard, uh, Jeremy Foot Foucher, uh, Nick Grenier, Adam Harris, Adam Henderson, Justin Johnson, Daniel Kovacic. Gordon Lewis, uh, Jason Mandrock, Tanner Nua, Florida's own Corey Sellers. He was here in Orlando, worked the Coast League. Well, he lived in Daytona, worked the Coast Leagues. He's living now in Lake Tahoe area. He's a chiropractor. 
Um, but Corey got out of the American League. So, Corey, congrats, buddy. Uh, Tyler Shaw, Aaron Story, um, Peter – oh, man, I'm not even going to try to butcher this guy's <laughs> last name. Uh, Ryan Townsend, Chase Wilkinson, and uh, Tanum. Uh, another – I'm not I'm, – I'm just not going to try. So, Tanum and Peter – Congrats Sorry. to you guys as well. I butchered a few last names, but I'm not even going to try yours. So congrats to you guys for being added to the American Hockey League roster. Um, the teams we lost this year from the American Hockey League, Charlotte Checkers, Milwaukee Admirals, and Springfield Thunderbirds. They are not playing. Four teams have temporarily relocated. So we have the Binghamton Devils are in Newark this year. The Ontario Reign are in El Segundo. The Providence Bruins are playing out of Marlboro, which that's interesting because that's a local rink. I've ref there. Love it. Uh, the San Diego Goals, it looks like, are going to be playing in Irvine, California. Um, and those teams, along with new officials, are located near the impacted facilities. So it looks like some of the officials that are not returning, the reason why is because of the relocations. Um, one departing official, Sean Deloey, who I know, he lives in the Atlanta area. So the fact that Charlotte isn't playing this year, there ain't no other a, American League team around him. Mm -hmm. So... I, I, that could possibly be why he's not on the roster. I'm not. Yep. Yeah. So Sean, and then my buddy, Ken Radolinski, who's actually our USPHL supervisor slash scheduler for Florida. Oh, well, the Southeast really, he's not on the roster either mainly because Charlotte is not playing this year. So that's the I, reason why some of those guys are off. I also know one more team moved and it was uh, Stockton is going to play up in Calgary this season. Okay. Um, obviously it makes logistical sense for the Canadian farm teams to play in Canada that way, if they have to pull anybody up, yeah, they, they don't, don't have, have to worry about crossing and, the border yeah. and all that other bull crap. So that, that right. stuff I, makes sense. I think we've covered pretty much everything. I have two things I want to talk about still. Okay. Really well, quick. And then we have to get to the reason why everyone is listening to today's podcast. Exactly. Um, but really quickly, just a little fun tidbit of information. In the first 20 days of this NHL season, there's been 1,509 transactions taking place. So that is call-ups, call-downs, trades, whatever. Any roster moves. Okay. In all of last season, which was 24 weeks total, or in last season in a 24-week span, there was 3,088. Wow. So in – Well, a lot of this year has to do with that taxi squad. Correct. That, that and, and the flat cap and just trying to – like all the COVID yeah. nonsense. I mean, like it makes complete sense why there's so many transactions, but like – I would hate to be a GM or the person that has to handle all this paperwork at the NHL oh, central I office. I, uh, well, I feel bad for them and I feel bad for the assistants to the GMs on the teams. <laughs> cause, cause you know, you know, the GMs aren't dealing with it. They're like, oh, no. ah, you could do it. Oh, I, I trust me. I know. I, I know. Um, one of the friends of the podcast is, is, is she's a very busy girl these days. <laughs> 
And then uh, the other the other one I really want to talk about was the Oilers versus Senators game Sunday night. Combined for a total of 13 goals, eight of which were in the first period. Yep. I uh, saw Dreisaitl had five points in the first. He, ha- I don't know if it was in the or first. first and second period. Um, Dreisaitl had six total assists. Uh, which How many him- points did uh, McJesus have? Five. Wow. Yeah, so they speaking of McJesus, did you see that coast to coast goal he scored? Oh, on Saturday night or Friday night? Yeah. That was behind the net power play, just walked through everybody, made it look easy. How good is he? Could okay, let's let's think about it this way. Let's take Connor McDavid and put him in Gretzky's era. What do you think? Uh, Like, right? I mean Does he have Gretzky's protection? Well, yeah. Um, then, we, then, yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's 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 right there with him. He's he's probably pace for that pace. Kid's so damn good. It's an absolute. It's it's really funny watching an NHL game and seeing a guy out there that is just. It it looks like a beer league game to him. Yeah, like it. It doesn't look like he's trying. He's he is well, literally he's just playing. He's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. Yeah, and and it's just. It's it's mind blowing that one NHLer can make all these other NHLers look that much worse when all of these guys are still phenomenal players. Exactly. But that's just so, bananas. Bananas. All right. So now it is time for the reason that you have all been listening to today's podcast, listening to me and Brendan drone on about random things such <laughs> as goalposts, pegs. <laughs> Um, me telling random stories. So let's get to it. Brandon, or do you want, or Brendan, sorry. Um, would you like to announce fourth or fifth through second for the giveaway starting at number five? Uh, so number five, uh, which is so really quick, just the breakdown of the, I guess, prizes, First place obviously gets that beautiful jersey behind your shoulder that I was really kind of hoping my name was going to pop up, even though I would have won it, you know. Well, no, we were automatically eliminated. <laughs> exactly. Um, if I would have won it, though, I'd have been like, no, I would have been, been like, wow, I, mean, I would have been, I did win I it. Been, I would have been pissed. <laughs> I, I would have been like, well, I did win it fair and square. Um, but no, second place gets anything from our merch store, an item. Uh, third through fifth are going to get Acme Thunder Whistles, the matte black ones with our custom engraved logo on them. So fifth place, we got Christian C. Fourth place, I'm going to take a shot at this one and say it's Olivier uh, Duguay, I want to say. Okay. I'm taking I'm taking a mad stab at that yeah. one. Probably We will be messaging wrong. you through uh... – Facebook, yeah, YouTube, Facebook, whatever. YouTube, we'll whatever. we will contact you. Um, third place is I'm scrolling the wrong way. Third place is Ryan Todd, and second place and first place I will let you announce both of those. Can you shot those to me just real quick because I yes. lost it when we got disconnected. Yes, sir, I can. So yeah. while he is sending me that stuff, the second place entry or finalists or whatever second prize is anything from our merch store if you want a whistle you can get a whistle if you want a hoodie you can get a hoodie i'd so, recommend the hoodies because they're uh, so uh Decl- declan murphy 
you get to pick something from the store on uh, on us. So we will message you. You tell us what you want, and we will get that sent out to you. So now the grand prize, the TJ Luxmore signed jersey, game worn signed. The jersey has the Mick Magoo patch on it, um, honoring uh, Mick Magoo when when he passed away. The winner of our 1,000 subscriber giveaway is Keegan Clark. So Keegan, congratulations on winning the NHL TJ Luxmore referee sweater. I'm looking forward to seeing a picture of it framed and hanging up somewhere in your house. Uh, please don't wear it doing men's league games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, it's his if he wants to. We don't recommend I mean, it, though. Do, do what you will. But actually, funny story. We had a guy here that got a jersey from uh, an NHL guy, and he actually did wear it doing men's league <laughs> games. I love it. Yeah, so that's why I had to throw that out there. So congratulations, Keegan. I will be contacting you about getting this thing shipped to you. Um I'll probably uh, track you down on Facebook or YouTube. Or yeah, something we'll today. we'll find you guys all through the Team Stripe stuff. So. so congratulations. I just want to give everyone who listens weekly a huge thank you. Um, when we posted last week's video uh, podcast and uh, Brendan posted to the Instagram with the, you know, hey, we're doing the drawing comment on this whatever it blew up more than i could have ever imagined we had between soundcloud and youtube well over 500 listens in the first like mm-hmm. 24 hours which for us is um a record that's still, yeah it's silly and it's crazy to me that we have that this many people that listen to me and you drone on about officiating hockey yeah, it's it, and, it was it was funny. It, it completely blew my mind, especially on YouTube. I mean, like when I post the <laughs> YouTube videos, like honestly, if we're averaging like ten views a day on the on those videos, like I'm excited. I'm I'm happy for it. Um, this one obviously just blew up, and it was yeah. awesome to see. It got me really excited. Um, hopefully, cool. we can keep growing from there. Obviously, yeah, exactly. So. Obviously, we did this at 1,000 subs. Mm-hmm. We're going to do something at 5,000 subs as well. Um, who knows what that grand prize will be. I'm actually going to be starting to work on that here pretty soon. So if we can, all you guys that listen weekly, or if this is your first time, hit that subscribe button on the Facebook, on the, on the YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, Amazon Podcasts, wherever yeah, you get your podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, but that. Oh, and and two, like if you guys could start helping out and hit hitting the like button too on YouTube, mm-hmm. like subscribe, all that for the algorithm. We've hit our thousand subscribers. We got to get some hour views up. Um. I just I can't say thank you guys enough to everyone that listens. It it makes me feel uh, special that I can have some kind of influence on your officiating career. Um, I've really been enjoying it with the USPHL bubble here, uh, teaching some of the young officials that are here, um, especially the linesmen. I have a little bit of stuff for the referees. 
here and there. And what's really funny is I was sitting in the locker room the other day having a discussion with one of the refs, one of the young kids, and all this stuff I'm telling him, the other guys from up north that work with him all the time, they're looking at me and looking at him, and one of them finally goes, are you finally going to listen now that, like, this is everything that we've been telling him? Yeah. And you don't know him from anybody, and you're telling him the same stuff. So that, to me, tells me that the process works as far as the officials and at least the states being on the same page. Um, mm -hmm. Trust the process. Uh, go out, skate hard, enjoy the game. We all love this, otherwise we wouldn't be doing it. And uh, I think that's I think that's all I have. Thank you guys so much. Um, that's it for me for this podcast. Brendan, do you have anything to add? Uh, I think I'm just going to piggyback off you and just say thank you guys. Uh, absolutely, thank you guys to get a even to, just to get to a thousand subscribers is huge. Um, and and I mean since then the numbers just keep growing. So the more likes, the more views, everything that we can get on YouTube, the better. Um, and the quicker we get to 5,000 and who knows, who knows what that grand prize is going to be. I think it's going to exactly. be tough to top this one, but we're going to have to, yep. um, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, everything like us, talk to us. I will respond. Somebody yep. will respond. We're, uh, also one thing I want to throw out here. We're going to start doing, obviously Brendan is going to start doing the gaming, we're going to try to get Twitch up and running. I'm in the process of redoing uh, how my house is set up. I'm going to be changing my loft around into more of a studio so that I have access to do some like green screen work. I'd love people to start sending us clips of yourself working or of just random things you see that we can start going over and talking about. We're going to build this thing into something special. We already have a thousand let's get to 5,000 quicker than we got to a thousand. Um, with that um, really quick, oh, really one more, quick. one more piggyback. Let's go. We have an awesome new sponsor coming to the table. It oh is yes, a, that's right. Completely yeah. forgot about that. It is a, uh, a company. It's a brand new uh, company that one of my buddies have started with a few of his other buddies. It is a pro uh, pro stock like hockey shop. It is called SIG hockey. So if you are in the market looking for anything like sticks, helmets, whatever, SIGHockey.com is your newest source for pro stock NHL and NCAA hockey gear. Look guys, SIGHockey.com use our code stripes 10 for 10% off your order and as always, guys, have a great week.